Please join in hymn number 680, This Day God Gives Me. So gathered together as God's family, we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Amen. So good morning, welcome to Mass. You've been warned, I believe, my name's Father Bernard Fox, and I'm here to make an appeal on behalf of the Mill Hill Missionaries, of which I am part. I worked for 30 years in Cameroon. Happy to see we've got some neighbours here from Nigeria. Um, I popped in and out over the 30 years. Um, I'd like to begin by asking the children to leave us, but come back, please, after their liturgy. So I hope you enjoy it, your children's liturgy. So the readings today, especially that gospel where Jesus says, unless you're prepared to pick up your cross and carry it and follow me, you cannot be my follower. You cannot be my disciple. Without being political, I hope, last week we saw a number of members of parliament leave their party on a question of principle. So they take a hit financially and maybe politically as well. But there's times when we just have to make that kind of decision when there's a clash between what we believe, our values, and what other people are pushing us to do. It's the same with being a Christian. Today, you know, we're being asked, what does it cost you and I to be a Christian? Not just to come to Mass, but to be a Christian. 
for all the times when we have compromised our values, for the times when we have compromised our relationship with the risen Lord, we ask forgiveness. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us. May he forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God, heavenly King. redeemed and become your sons and daughters by adoption, look graciously upon your beloved sons and daughters gathered here in your name this morning, that those who believe in Christ may receive true freedom and a life with you forever. We ask this through Jesus, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the love of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. So whether it's in our own personal lives, whether it's in politics or whatever, without the wisdom that comes from God, we just end up messing everything up. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. What man can know the intentions of God? Who can divine the will of the Lord? The reasonings of mortals are unsure. 
and our intentions unstable. For a perishable body presses down the soul, and this tent of clay weighs down the teeming mind. It is hard enough for us to work out what is on earth, laborious to know what lies within our reach. Who then can discover what is in the heavens? As for your intention, who could have learnt it had you not granted wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from above? Thus have the paths of those on earth been straightened, and men been taught what pleases you, and saved by wisdom. The word of the Lord. of St. Paul to Philemon. (coughs) This is Paul writing, an old man now, and what is more, still a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I am appealing to you for a child of mine, whose father I became while wearing these chains. I mean Onesimus. I am sending him back to you, and with him I could say a part of my own self. I should have liked to have had liked to keep him with me. He could have been a substitute for you to help me while I am in the chains that the good news has brought me. However, I did not want to do anything without your consent. It would have been forcing your act of kindness, which should be spontaneous. 
I know you have been deprived of an isthmus for, for a time, but it was only so that you could have him back forever, not as a slave anymore, but something better than a slave, a dear brother, especially dear to me. But how much more to you as a blood brother as well as a brother in the Lord? So if all that we have in common means anything to you, welcome him as you would me. The word of the Lord. with you. A reading from the good news of Jesus Christ according to Luke. Great crowds accompanied Jesus on his way and he turned and he spoke to them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes his own life too, he cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. And indeed, which of you here, intending to build a tower, would not first sit down and work out the cost to see if he had enough money to complete it? Otherwise, if he laid the foundation and then found himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers would all start making fun of him, saying, Here is a man who started to build and was unable to finish. Or again, what king marching out to war against another king would not first sit down and consider whether with 10,000 men he could stand up to the other king who advanced against him with 20,000? If not, then while the other king was still a long way off, he would send envoys to ask for peace. So in the same way, none of you can be my disciples unless they give up all their possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Anyone who does not pick up his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple, says Jesus. We're, we're quite fond of the cross, especially Catholic Christians. We have it in churches. We put it on our tombstones. We sometimes wear something with a cross around our necks. The cross is obviously a symbol of crucifixion. And suffering. I like the cross and the sacristy here. It's one of the few I've seen in Scotland. Because people who study these things, they tell us that, in fact, the nails that went through Jesus' body were, were put here, not here. 
If you nail someone here, it just rips and you die too quickly. But the Romans were clever. They put the nail here so that you could survive a bit longer and suffer a bit more. But the cross for us is not just about suffering. The cross is first and foremost about God's love for us. We have to understand it rightly. But St. John says he loved us so much that he gave up his only son. When someone has that much love for you, the natural thing is that you return it. You can't just be loved. You can't just soak it up without a response. I think that was a large part of what I was trying to do when I decided to become a missionary. And I took off in 1977 to French-speaking Cameroon. Up towards the Nigerian border was the first place I was sent to. It was... There were lovely people. They were called Tikar. They were peace-loving people. They had some coffee and they used to fish. And one of the things that struck me, and I couldn't understand it about these people, was everybody seemed to smile. You know, even when the rain was bucketing down, even when they got bad news, even when they had no reason that I could see for them to smile, everybody smiled. And it was only several years into my work there that one of the local nuns, she wasn't from the Tikar tribe, but she says, Father, people here, these Tikar people, they smile because they're afraid. And I said, because they're afraid? She said, yes. They're afraid that in this society, if you don't smile, you could easily be accused of not liking that person. You could then become a target of witchcraft. And she said, and that's why people smile, because you have to keep on good terms with everybody in the village. And I thought this was interesting. And then I began to reflect. The first mission I was in, very, very often, certainly every second week, there was a knock on my door at night, and I was asked to transport someone who was ill, very often a pregnant woman, to a hospital in Fumban, which was 120 miles away, which I didn't really like doing at 3 o'clock in the morning, but we did it. <laughs> and the reason was, there was five other cars in the village, but they all mysteriously broke down during the night. Well, there was no diesel, or they had a flat tire, and I was the one chosen. The people were afraid of crossing the 18 rivers that you had to get from Bandam to, to Fumban. They were afraid of the spirits in the river. They thought they would turn the car over. And so they asked the priest who was protected, they thought, against these spirits. It's a terrible thing to be caught in the kind of fear that just paralyzes us. Now before we start talking about the Tikars or thinking those poor people, how could they think this? We have our own fears. I live in Cardonald, and I cannot believe how almost every child that goes to school is brought by car because parents were afraid that something might happen to our children, no? So we accompany them to school. We're afraid of, you might be in good health now, but you don't know what's going to happen next week. You might be in a good relationship with someone now, there's no guarantee that this time next year you're still in that. And so we, there's things that we're afraid of too. 
But this was, this was their fear. They were particularly, the Tikka were particularly afraid of the ancestors. The ancestors are people who have died, but who continue to have an influence on the living. Development workers, whether it's in Cameroon or elsewhere, they do marvelous work. But one of the greatest frustrations, I worked with them for nearly 30 years, and I I know them well, and one of the greatest frustrations is they cannot address, they cannot help the people they're working with address this issue of fear because they don't do God. This is something that happens in the human heart. You can't just tell someone, snap out of it. Don't be silly. How can you be afraid of spirits in the water? That doesn't work. Have you ever thought how many times Jesus says in the gospel, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Why were you so afraid when they were crossing the lake and the big storm threatened to sink their boat? Because if he talked so much about fear, it must mean that they too... At the time, they were very afraid in the same way as the Tikas were afraid. The only way you can move the situation on is when the spirit of Jesus comes into the life, into the heart of someone and does what that person cannot do, let go of their fear. I'd like to end with a little story. It's a true one. I met a woman very, very soon after I arrived in this village of Bandam. Her name was Agat, so Agatha in, in English. And Agatha had been baptized when she was about 12 by the retreating German soldiers because, yes, the First World War was also fought in Cameroon. And the, the Germans were forced to retreat in 1916 by the French and British soldiers British came down from Nigeria, the French swept down from Chad, and they beat the Germans and they forced them out of the country. The German missionaries were also expelled, but before they were expelled, they baptized this little girl and they called her Agatha. Now, the 12-year-old Agatha, she walked from Douala all the way back to Adamawa, and she started telling her own people in her own language the stories of Jesus that she had heard from the the German Palatine missionaries. And then after a couple of years, she went a bit further. She started baptizing people. You know that anyone can baptize. You don't have to be a priest to baptize. So when the Mill Hill missionaries arrived in Cameroon in 1922, we were amazed because the bishop said, go up there, no one's Christian. There are Muslims, but there are no Christians. We found small groups of people who said, nous sommes des chrétiens, we are Christians. They had no mass, they had no other sacraments other than baptism, but it was all because of this lady, Agatha. So when I arrived in Van Damme, this Agatha, she comes forward, she was a very feisty lady, you didn't sort of easily say no to her, whether you were a priest or not. And she handed me an envelope, and she said, the next time you go to Bafusam, big town about what was it, five, six hours drive? She said, I want you to buy me 64 sheets, it was very precise, 64 sheets of aluminium roofing. She wanted to put aluminium, an aluminium roof on our house. Now you have to know that every single 
house in Bandam, 3,000 people. Every single house is covered with raffia palm. It's very good in the dry season because it's nice and cool. But the problem is that you have to redo it every five or six years. You have to make a new roof every five or six years. And it's particularly bad news for the little, for the women and the small, the girls. Because every morning in Bandam, the women and the girls had to walk, it was nearly five kilometers to the river in Bam to get water to bring back so that the husbands and the boys could have a wash and so that they could cook their food. If you have an aluminium roof for seven months of the year, you have a God-given access to clean drinking water, clean washing water. That was the big advantage of the, of the aluminium roof. So Agatha says, you buy me this, mon père. So I said, fine, sounded a good idea. Until that night, I was visited by the chief and his 20 or 30 entourage and I knew there was something afoot because he didn't normally come. And he brought me a little lamb as a present. When people wanted to ask you something, they always came with a gift. He said, Mon Père, have nothing to do with that woman. She's bad news. She's bringing foreign customs into this village. The ancestors will be angry. The ancestors always covered the houses and they told us to do it with raffia palm. We don't want to... We don't want to incur the anger of the ancestors. Please do not do what she's asking you to do. So I was a bit stuck because I'd been talking to people about not being afraid. And here I was in this difficult situation trying to get on with the chief who was Muslim, but a very nice man and a good man. And here's Agatha saying, buy, buy me the... Eventually I bought it. I came back with my pickup, deposited the bundle of aluminium sheeting, 64 sheets in front of her door and then the next problem came nobody, none of the carpenters in Bandam would touch the job because they were afraid, thank you they were afraid, so we had to go to Mayo Darley and get English speaking carpenters from Kumbo who asked twice the price to do the job and they started nailing the aluminium sheets to Agatha's house after about two days, people stopped going to the farm and they stood and they looked because they were sure that something was going to come from the ancestors from up there. On Sunday morning, normally I would have about a thousand people at Mass. There were 3,000 people, a thousand were Catholics, and they all came to Mass. It was it's what you did on a Sunday morning. Everybody came to Mass. That particular Sunday morning, I had one altar server and a catechist and a madman who usually sat at the front and sang during the Mass. That was the only congregation I had. <laughs> a madman, a catechist, and one altar server. The people didn't come because they were afraid. They sent messages to say they were all, on est malade, mon père, on est malade, we're sick. They weren't sick at all. Anyway, I was very downhearted and I thought, what have I done? And then Monday came, and Tuesday came. Tuesday was market day, and the chief had said the ancestors, when they have something to do or something to say, they always do it on Tuesday. So it was really interesting, and people came from Bankim and other villages to see what would happen. And there was even a little fellow who was a reporter from, there was only two newspapers in Cameroon at the time, but he came as well because he was looking for a scoop. Nothing happened, of course. 
On Wednesday morning, I'm in bed at half past five. It's Agatha. Mon père, levez-vous. Father, get up. She said, there will be mass at my house at 6.30. There will be mass. Il y aura la messe. And I said, yes. <laughs> so I got up and I thought, what is this? What's going to happen? She wanted a Thanksgiving mass because she'd finished. The work had been finished and nothing had happened. So I arrived there and to my surprise, there was about 50 people. By the time we got to the offertory, there were about 200. Now, what I did not know was that Agatha had promised that everybody that comes to Mass will have, they will be able to eat meat after Mass, and for the men, more importantly, there will be beer. So she had homemade, she had, she had corn beer made for about 300 people. And, of course, that was a slight incentive. By the time we finished Mass, we were 500. Not the 1,000, but 500. In the months that followed, one family after another followed Agatha's example. They used the coffee money they had to buy aluminium sheets and to roof their houses with those sheets. It was brilliant news for the women and the young girls who had to carry the water. The one thing that Agatha says, I remember, she says, Mon Père, from those German missionaries, she said, if Jesus sets you free, you are truly free. St. John says, if the Son sets you free, Jesus, you are indeed free. She said, that's what I held on to. That's what I remember from those German missionaries. If we're, the church, if we're to help people like Agatha break free of that, that kind of fear that really paralyzes and prevents any development, either material or spiritual. Do you know, we need to continue to offer the word of God to people like Agatha. To, to have people who will bring others into a relationship with the risen Christ, who's with us this morning as we gather in his name. The one who is capable of breaking, of helping us break out of that web of fear. And for that, we have to not only send missionaries, but I think even more particularly now, help support the local priests, the local teachers, the local catechists in places like Cameroon. And for that, we need your help. I'd like to thank you very sincerely on behalf of the Mill Hill missionaries for the help that you've given us in the past. And during the second collection today, Please give what you can, put into that basket what you can, and may God bless your generosity. Thank you. And so we stand now as together we profess our faith in our one loving, liberating God. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us, for our salvation, 
he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So having listened to God's word, we now turn to him with our own words as we pray for the world, as we pray for his body, the church, as we pray for our own personal needs. For those who, like St. Paul, are chained for their beliefs, that they may continue to be free in heart and mind. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us that we may take a humble path in life that is selfless and empty of vanity. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. That our paths in life may be straightened out by making wise and sensible decisions. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us that we may see the cross that we carry in life, bringing meaning and truth to our life. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who work in scientific fields and who help us to understand better the world in which we live. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For all who have died, Marion Fru and Leo Duffy, and all those that we are asked to remember. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. And we pray too this morning for all missionaries sent to offer the gospel of Jesus that St. Paul describes as the power of God to liberate. Lord, hear us. Lord, Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Help us to live in your justice and your light. Help us to follow in the path that you lead. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you. Please join in hymn number 122, All That I Am.
Brothers and sisters, pray that our sacrifice may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Lord our God, may our offering bring you true worship and make us more one with you. Grant this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts and let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right always and everywhere for us to thank you, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and ever-loving God. For in you we live and move and have our being. And while in this body we not only experience the daily effects of your care, but even now possess the promise of a life with you forever. For having received the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, through whom you raised up Jesus from the dead, we hope for an everlasting share in his victory over death. And so, with all the angels and saints, we praise you, as in joyful celebration we acclaim. <coughs> Been, if you've ever been to Greece, when someone gives you something, you say, you can sometimes say Eucharisto or Efcaristo, means thank you. This is the Eucharistic prayer we begin now. We're thanking God for what he has done and continues to do for you and me in Jesus. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your breath of life, your Holy Spirit, upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time Jesus was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and giving thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your 
And so, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection in this Mass, we offer you, Lord God, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence this morning and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ in Holy Communion, we may be gathered into one family by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Pray especially this morning for this Christian community of St. Bride's. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, our priests, deacons, religious, and all your holy people. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of resurrection. We pray especially for those people mentioned in the bidding prayers, those whose anniversaries occur at this time, all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them, Lord, into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her husband, with the blessed apostles, and with all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, grant that we may be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus the Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. We pray that as we begin a new week, that we might not just think of ourselves, but of others out there who are in need of us, in need of our help, as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, especially the evil of that fear that paralyzes. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all anxiety as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. And may the peace of the risen Christ be always with you. So we offer each other a sign of peace.
This is the risen Jesus who says to each of us, do not be afraid, I am with you always. Happy are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
Join in hymn number 165, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord. Be still for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One is here. Come bow before him now with So let us pray. Lord, your word, which we have listened to this morning, and the Eucharist, 
that has united us to you. Give us food for our lives, for our lives on this earth. May this gift of your son Jesus lead us to share his life forever. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. So just a sincere word of thanks to all of you um, for your generosity in that collection, but also for the, the warm welcome. And that started with Father Paul, whom I didn't know would be here. So I was, I was delighted to meet him. Um, so thank you for your, your warm welcome. Um, I see that there's something, I mean, I move around different parishes, and I just think there's a, a very good spirit here. A number of people that arrived this morning now smiling for another reason. <laughs> It says something so that, you know, the, there's something about the power of the spirit of the risen one. Yes, you've got your problems. We've all got our problems. But there's something about the power of the risen one moving in this community. So it's just good to be part of it for this little weekend. So thank you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Mass is ended. Thank you for coming. Go now, glorifying the Lord by your lives. Thanks be to God. Please join in our final hymn, number 740, Will You Come and Follow Me? you